guys, welcome to the latest episode of This Unbelievable Life. I have with me my dear friend, Gretchen Ross, who I recently got to see in a, her re reprised role of Truby of Steel Magnolias, and she was absolutely fabulous. I cannot recommend going to see her any more highly, um, but she's going to be talking about the theater arts today, and Gretchen, go ahead and just take it from the top. Thanks, Nikki. I appreciate you having me on and talking about this because I just love being a champion for community involvement and nonprofit organizations in this community, but specifically theater and performing arts. Since I was a kid, I've just loved theater and been fascinated with it. I really got hooked when I saw community theater productions of my neighbors and friends in Michigan. And I looked at my parents and I said, I have to be a part of this. And I've led them on a crazy ride ever since. And I grew up dancing and playing the violin. So the arts are, are very much important to me. And I think that not only do they help us as people and as leaders, but they help us from the time we were children in school with so much um, in the classroom, being a part of theater just really helps leadership and public speaking. And to me, it's 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 a team sport. Uh, unless you're doing a one person show, and even then you need all the tech people, it is definitely a, a team sport. And for people that just maybe think of theaters, mostly actors or singers or dancers on stage in a musical or a play, there's so much more than that. There's all the people involved on the technical side, the stage managers, the crew, uh, the director, costume, sound and, and lighting all just make a play come together and also in terms of keeping the doors of theaters open from a nonprofit's pr perspective, people that serve on the board and are volunteers. We, we've seen a lot of theaters, nonprofit theaters and communities all across the country really take a hit because of the pandemic and a lot of them closed. And we've been really fortunate here that not only did the ones here not close, we've actually through this pandemic created a few more. So I think that's really exciting and to kind of show where we are on the theater scale of healthiness, I guess you could say, in the month of April, there's going to be at least nine that I've counted, at least nine plays and musicals, starting in Gibson County, moving all the way into Owensboro. So I think that just, again, says how much people want to be a part of it, how much people want to see it. And these are plays that involve children all the way up to senior citizens that are funny, they're comedies, they're dramas, they're musicals, they're based on famous novels that we've read growing up, you know, in English class and in high school. So they're very diverse and they can really fit whatever anybody wants to kind of see or experience or maybe learn and grow, or maybe it's something they've seen before, but it's got new people in it. So they want to see something else. So I just think that's really exciting uh, to move forward in the theater arts community. And it was interesting, a couple months ago, I saw someone on Facebook um, write that there's really not, you know, strong theater around here and, you, and they don't really know of anything and they need to go to Bloomington to catch it. And I, I usually don't comment, but I had to comment. I had to educate this person. I was like, uh, no, there's really like all these companies and I listed them all. And, and I was like, they're doing well, you should really check them out. I think it's great to go to other communities and experience what they have in Bloomington, Indy, Louisville, Nashville, you know, St. Louis, but within, you know, a 35 minute radius, there's all these nonprofits that need your support. And I think it's best to, to support the arts here first in our own backyard and stay local and put our money there because it also drives the local economy. Because usually what happens is if you're going to see a show, what are you going to do afterwards? You're either going to eat before or after, right? That's usually what we do. We're very food centric as a society and our entertainment revolves around going to eat 
before or after we go to a movie or to a football game or to a play or a musical. So not only are you supporting a local arts organization with your money, but you're probably going to support hopefully a local restaurant as well with, with your evening or your afternoon. So I think that's important to note that when we stay in our own community to support arts, we're also supporting local businesses, restaurants, and and shopping as, as well. So it's just really neat. And I've lived in Evansville twice, and I've just loved being a part of the arts community both times. Well, tell us what your company, the group you're affiliated with, what do they have coming down the pike? Sure. So I'm actually a part of a few different groups at the moment. Back in 2011, I started Evansville Shakespeare Players with my dear sister, Tony Shopperjohn, because again, I didn't think people needed to drive two hours to experience quality Shakespeare. Um, I, I said, we are starting this in our own community and we're going to make it affordable and free for people. And our summer shows, we do two shows a year now, start off only in the summer. Those are always free. And in the winter now, we do one in the wintertime. We just did it a couple of weeks ago. And those are the only ones that we charge for. And the winter shows help buy all the supplies for the summer shows because that's when we have the elaborate sets. So we don't have the exact show for the summer. We're narrowing it down yet, but it's always the middle weekend of August. So like the 11th, 12th of August, that'll be at Willard Library and that'll be free. And we just got done with the Winter's Tale and that was performed at stage two. And we actually sold out a Saturday night performance of that, which is so cool because it's a it's a Shakespeare show not a lot of people are familiar with. I'm not even that familiar with it. Most people are like Romeo and Juliet or Midsummer or Night's Dream. I've heard of that, but The Winter's Tale, you know, not that many people have heard of it. And it's funny and serious. It's kind of a crazy show. And to sell out a performance of that was really neat. And at one point I just stood backstage and I just paused and listened to everybody laughing. And it was a really cool feeling to know he sold out a show and people were understanding it and they thought it was funny. So that is just really a proud moment of me, mine to be able to help get that going and get so many people interested in Shakespeare. I think it's, it's challenging and it's fun. And I call it, I'm fluent. That's my foreign language that I'm fluent in is Shakespeare because it's just so difficult. And the older I get, it's just so difficult to memorize and to learn, but it makes you so much sharper. I think as a person and obviously as an actor, but just, you just become so much sharper in other areas of your life because you're so focused on learning this very complex language that's hundreds of years old. So that's going on. And then I am also on the board of stage two, which is where uh, Evansville Shakespeare players did their winter show. And stage two is really unique because it hasn't been around as long as some of the other theaters in the Evansville area, but the theater has such a major impact and they love to have other groups perform there. So Evansville Day School is getting ready to perform a show there um, pretty soon. So not only do we have our own season, but we also are a kind of an incubator and a home for other up and coming theaters or if a school needs a place to perform something. So we're, we're a venue as well. And we also have bands perform and and offer a place for musicians to offer shows too. So I've been on the board there since July. So it's been a lot of fun. And we had the most ambitious season ever this year. Uh, a lot of shows, about eight or nine shows. I think I'm trying to remember all, all the shows that, that we had. There, there's, a, there's a lot. And how it really kind of got going, the, the staple show that stage two does every year is Rocky, Rocky Horror. And there's a usually a different theme to it every year. And, and this year, 
uh, back in well, 2022. Now they actually did it twice. So they did it in February to kind of make up for not doing it, you know, during COVID as an anti Valentine's day <laughs> kind of show. And it was in February. And then they did it again, just back in December as a Christmas themed. So there's always a cool theme. So now it's going to kind of go back to its normal time slot, uh, probably, you know, this coming fall in the Halloween time slot. But that's kind of like the staple show that really helped uh, kind of solidify it. And it's a yearly show that Stage 2 does no matter what. You can always count on Rocky. But then um, there's always a couple of musicals. Last year, they they did Rent before I was on the board and it sold out and they had to add an extra weekend. And it was just really neat to see so many people that usually don't go to the theater come to rent because they know rent because they've heard of rent because rent's been around since 1996 and it just made such a big cultural impact on on the country that most people know a couple songs or rent or they've seen the movie as well and what else is really unique about stage two which is really fun is we are a home for playwrights and aspiring playwrights and we offer a playwriting workshop at least once a year for local playwrights to take some classes with a professor at USI and who's a playwright herself and she's really talented and lush out a play and then we have kind of um, a workshop when that is done after a six to eight week process and they get to kind of let local us local actors read their words and kind of read what they have flushed out so far and then people get to vote on it and then us as a board we kind of help make that final decision and whichever play is pick that playwright finishes the show and it's usually about an hour long show uh, of sorts maybe an hour and a half and then it is produced and put and mounted in as part of stage two season uh the next year so it's really neat that every season there's always an original work so we think it's really important to support local playwrights and get people involved from that perspective as well so Stage two, a lot of fun. Sometimes the shows aren't as traditional as some of the other theaters in, in town, but there are still several shows that people have, you know, usually heard of, obviously Rocky being one and, and then, you know, Rent was a big one last year. And then we're getting ready to do Avenue Q. It was a Tony Award winning musical back in 2004, 2005. We call it Adult Puppets, Adult Sesame Street, because it involves puppets but it's a lot more racy than <laughs> Sesame Street. But again, this is something different that people, most actors don't work with puppets or learn how to use puppets. And now they're getting to through this experience. So it, it's really neat. And then in the fall, another big uh, show, uh, book rather, and turn movie that people probably heard of. We start off the season with Misery, which is a very famous novel by Stephen King, which was a movie with um, James Caan and Kathy Bates in the late 80s, early 90s that most people are very familiar with. And that show did very well, too. So we try to do things that are a little different, but also things that people have heard of as well. So it's kind of a mix. We haven't announced, we know what our season's going to be um, starting you know, in, in the fall into 2024. We haven't announced it yet. We will be soon, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think there's going to be some shows and, and musicals that people recognize and a few new ones that I think people will be like, hmm, let me check that out. That sounds like fun. That's not always maybe the same thing that has been produced year after year. So my next question would be for something like that, do they offer season passes or do you buy your tickets show to show? You can you can do both. You can buy season passes or you can buy them show to show. And that kind of works that way with 
all the, you know, theaters around and some even, you know, halfway through a season, you know, maybe you've never been to a show at stage two or any of the other ones. So you might want to go to one or two to just to check it out before you commit to a whole season. And then, you know, after that, well, I'd like to go to the remaining three or four shows and then you can kind of talk to the artistic director or the board about how maybe to get a bundle from that after that. But yes, uh, season tickets are definitely encouraged. All awesome. And I think it just sounds like such a wonderful like incubation group for people that are aspiring to just be creative, whether that's mm -hmm. performing or writing, you know, the whole, it's amazing. So I'm very excited for you guys. Can't wait to hear more. We're planning to have you on for a couple more podcasts, but thank you so much for being on today. And thank you guys all for listening to the latest episode of this unbelievable life.